Hi, everybody. Welcome to Freshwater Perspectives. Today, we'll be talking about the dark history of the iconic sea monkey. Thanks for listening. back everybody matt how you doing i'm doing all right riley it's been it's been a minute since we last recorded it's just been that that kind of time right now but i'm i'm, I'm doing all right rachel and i we got we're doing our our tasting for our menu tasting for our wedding coming up this week so that's exciting gonna probably taste a lot of really good food at least the menu sounded really good so i think the last time we that. talked you tasted desserts now you're tasting yeah. normal food wow. Yes. No. Yeah, we did the cake tasting last time. This do time we're doing a, the menu. A, a straight southern spread? No, no, no. It's no. it's it's a nice spread. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. Southern spread's good too. I thought that's true. Oh no, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't want to make it seem like a southern spread would not be a nice spread. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying it's like a fancy spread. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah, I'll I'll leave mm -hmm. it at that. But yum, yum, yum. besides that, I mean, it's, I can finally, I'm making kind of progress on my own stuff. I'm going to start field sampling this week. So I'm excited about that. Wow. I should take the boat out to a couple of reservoirs around Alabama here and start, start getting some water samples. And then what else we got going on? Start getting some water samples. Just have a, a, a line behind you trolling too. Just like, <laughs> what this? Little what old officer? <laughs> What's that, officer? No, no, no. This is for research purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. But yeah, besides that, we got. You see, see the hat I'm wearing. We got MLS soccer starting DC up. DC United, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Uh, MLS soccer, soccer starting up. Starting up in less than a week. They just released their new cherry blossom jerseys that Rachel and I got. So we are we're excited. We're already mm. picking out what game we're going to go to this year. So we're yeah, we got a lot going on this week. Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, fun. What about you guys? Well, we, I don't remember the last time we talked where, where we left off in the life, but uh, <laughs> uh, just a lot of work, you know, new job. Again, I'll say that probably for the next couple of months here. Um, Sam and I went ice fishing with a friend and um, which is, you know, ice fishing. I mentioned that, but this time we went under a dam and I don't know if I said that the last time or not, but like hmm. it was such an odd experience to be, this is why I went because I, I drove past it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, where we go, it's kind of like in a valley and you can see where the people are fishing. And one of them was like under the dam. So there's like an open thing mm -hmm. of ice. So they got the dam water mm -hmm. going. Um, in this case, there's a lock system and then there's a dam and okay. water going over the part of it. So it's like open water. And then there's like people fishing, you know, mm -hmm. 30 yards away from the open water. And I was like, well, I wonder, like, you know, it's, it, there's, <laughs> we talked about this too. in like some of the, uh, earlier episodes, there's, there's open water. So you got some oxygen potentially a little bit warmer i'm not sure and uh i was like i bet and then just dams too in general like there's there's accumulation of fish because they're waiting for stuff to go under i was like i bet that's probably a good spot to go fishing and so we went and let me tell you matt it was an experience so like um i've never seen ice like this on the sides of it there's like a, a dam wall it's called and i like the dam wall it's like yes yeah, ice lo looks visually pretty thick but then, mm -hmm. like we, you know, we walked out towards where like the open water is, and like the water, like the ice was like translucent, and I was like, I think this ice is pretty dang thin. <laughs> 
and like mm-hmm. um yeah we got to a spot and like I, I punched down a hole and it went like it was like one mississippi two mississippi three mississippi it was done and i was like that's pretty quick for um a hole to be drilled through the ice and it was like two inches <laughs> my friend we went with never went ice fishing before and like mm-hmm. my wife um she's new to the ice fishing too so i was just like it's fine <laughs> i didn't want to like cause a stir because like as it went down i was like oh <laughs> and like my my rule of thumb always is don't be the first when it comes to ice fishing you know, yeah. I, I don't go to a spot where mm-hmm. Unless, like, I'm I'm really early, and you can see a bunch of holes already made. But this one, I was like, I mean, there's people even closer to the open ice than we were, mm-hmm. or open water. So, like, it's fine. And um, so I sat there all of, like, 10 minutes, and then I was like, we we, we should probably go, guys. We just, like, retreated to where, yeah, you know, we another, like, another 20 yards, 30 yards back to the shore, and the ice was almost probably 8 to a foot deep so it's just because of the moving water under the ice and um i was like this was an experience and then once we got back to the deeper um ice i was like yeah guys i was a little concerned they're like really i was like yeah that was pretty (laughs) it was pretty um anything like that man plus there's just moving water under you yeah you fall through you're gone so i was like nope since we've been talking about ice fishing so much for the past couple episodes i've Mm -hmm. And I've never gone ice fishing, so I've done. A, I've watched so much. I've gotten gone down like a YouTube rabbit hole with ice fishing. Dude, you have to come up. I followed so many guys now where they're catching like these giant lake trout. I didn't realize like, I mean, it, I think they were all in Canada, but mm-hmm. just all the equipment involved. They're using like live scopes and live sonar yeah. and stuff like that. I thought I don't know, just be a regular fishing. You just kind of put a line no. down and hope for the best. But yeah, it's they like a video scope. game. Yeah, pretty much. That's what it looked like. It's like a video game. And yeah, then they and just cook on the ice. You can sleep on the ice mm-hmm. too. They were, they had this guy. This one guy was testing out a thirty-five thousand dollar ice mansion. He called it. It was yep. like an RV out on the ice. And Rachel or and the were ice castle. Yeah, ice the, castle. Yeah. Yeah. They're um. Yep. They they do it now so that they're so nice that they can be RVs in the summer. Mm-hmm. So you get dual use out of them, and it, that's what it looked it, like. Just that, I don't know. It's just it, a lot. Yeah, it's it looked lot. like an RV, and then they had the little hatch holes, so you didn't even have you yeah. didn't even have to leave the RV mm, to no. go ice fishing. They have, which is kind of um, weird because the guy was fishing at like two in the morning out of his bed, and he's just like yeah. a walleye comes up and he's like splashing fish water all over you. Yeah, I'm like I don't know, man. But and then you go right. right back to bed. Yeah, yeah. there's um there's resorts in the winter up north that they'll have those those setups. And they'll they'll put them on the house or put the house on the ice, and you, you know, pay like you would a room, and they're hmm. like, "Yep, we'll put you on fish, and uh, you can stay overnight." Yep, my dad said a couple times, "I want to do it, probably hmm. next year," um, but yeah, they're they're so. relatively okay. actually they're not as expensive as you think, but yeah. Hmm. So, okay, That's, anyways, I, I definitely want to go ice fishing, so it's yeah. definitely on my list. It looks like a lot of fun, at least when you're on the fish. Yeah, so. more ice fishing banter, everyone. Thank you yeah. for. We're, it's almost done. The the my final update is that the snow is melting here. We've had full spring, went mm-hmm. back down oh, a little bit. We went to spring. like back to like the teens, but now it's coming up again slowly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sometimes there's a couple full springs, but uh, yeah, we're I think we're almost close. I mean, towards March here, so the ice is done. I don't know if we'll be ice fishing again yet, but uh, now we're. Now it's trout fishing, early season trout. So uh, okay. I'll tell you how that goes. 
Yeah, you got to keep me updated on your on your fishing escapades this season. <clears throat> yep. Anyways. Yeah, what you um, got? All right, everybody, we're back. So today we'll be talking about sea monkeys. Matt, do you know what sea monkeys are? I do. They're like little. They're not. Are they like brine shrimp or something? Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Besides that, I mean, you you get the little freeze dried eggs in like third grade, and you put yeah. them in the water, and then your whole your whole class kind of watches them grow. They mm -hmm. look really weird when they're all grown up, but besides yep. that, I got that's that's all I got. Okay, I, I, yeah. I assume there's more to it than that. There's more to it. So I was gonna do this, uh, just a kind of a feel good little story about the the charismatic brine shrimp and how it evaded a lot of people's like seventies, eighties, nineties like children's. Um, it was just an icon. I think that's the right decade span. Um, but um, in in looking at this story, it got weird. It got really weird. I was like, um, it, this is a little out of our freshwater perspectives wheelhouse, but you can't not do it. I was like, this is interesting. So <laughs> let's just get into it and then you'll see it. Uh, it. Yes, it is titled The Dark History of the Iconic Sea Monkey. So that might be a little foreshadowing of what we'll be talking about. But you ready? I'm ready. I have Let's no idea where this is going to go. I'm so excited. So, from pet stores to comic book strips, you may have seen advertisements for wild-looking creatures called sea monkeys that would seemingly appear out of nowhere. But perhaps you did not know that the craze for sea monkeys would give rise to a business that still made over $3 million in 2006. So, many, many decade-long um, success. And... Um, in, okay, so that was number one. There's also been an 11 episode TV show starring Howie Mandel called The Amazing Life of Sea Monkeys, airing in 1992, uh, and an inventor being an alleged white supremacist. <laughs> oh, oh, that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. That's yep. not that's not the turn I was expecting. So here's the key dark history. Um, and then, so, you know, what we'll be talking about today's podcast, we'll be, we'll be covering the surprising backstory of one of the world's most charismatic crustaceans, the brine shrimp. All right. Any, uh, <laughs> before we keep going, man, any other things? I'm, White I'm supremacy took a turn, right? Yeah. I'm a little hung <laughs> up on that part. I, <laughs> yeah, it just seemed so benign little brine shrimp i just expected it to be like some old old man that was like oh i just love brine shrimp and i wanted to share him with everybody yeah i know i was like just googling sea monkeys and like getting ready for the the podcast and all of a sudden every like article is like i bet you didn't know about the sea monkey inventor and it's like jeez <laughs> yeah oh, no so okay let's let's start from the top um let's get everybody acquainted with what are sea monkeys um, because it's a misnomer. <laughs> uh, Don't say. Yep. So sea monkeys, <laughs> it's a novelty pet breed of brine shrimp. So sea monkeys are brine shrimp, artemia. Okay. They can live in salt conditions of 3 to 30%, 33%. Uh, brine shrimp are arthropods, segmented long bodies, leafy-like appendages. And they're thought to have originated from the Mediterranean Sea, but have since spread throughout the world's salty keyword salty inland waters notably the great state excuse me the great salt lake of utah they are quite prevalent there very quickly there are a few stages of the brine shrimp life cycle this includes an adult stage which can last from three months in the wild to 
uh, a year or more as pets. Very oh. surprising. Yeah, I just I just remember in like third grade them lasting a couple weeks and they all died. Yeah, so a year or more, I was like, first off, like, did you like tag the bride shrimp? Like, how do you know? <laughs> That's a really and, good point. <laughs> yeah, um, because I say that because uh, females could ovulate every 140 hours. And oh. Yeah. Yeah, but um, okay. Let's but okay. So brine shrimp, they eat microscopic algae, but they can also survive, which is great for being a pet. They can survive on yeast, flour, soybean powder, or other, I guess, types of powders like that um, mm. under captivity. You can feed a lot of stuff in there; they just fine. And mm. um, wind conditions are favorable. Females will produce eggs that will hatch immediately. Uh, they can also reproduce via parthenogenesis, um, cloning. For those mm -hmm. who don't know, we're not going to go too far into that. So that 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 raises the question of how do people know? Like, there's just there can be, if you get like a good cycle of brine shrimp, like your your little aquarium is going to be like boom, you know, really quickly. Mm -hmm. So they they yeah, favorable conditions they will reproduce like mad, 140 mm. hours. That's crazy. Um, yeah. Unfavorable conditions will lead to cysts with a dormant stage of the brine shrimp. These cysts can last for years if dry even survive freezing and this cyst stage is a key component of the sea monkeys commercial success mm -hmm. yep 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 very brief now let's get into uh, this will be again a little more out of our wheelhouse and this will be partially a story of the sea monkeys inventor named harold okay, okay. I mean, but like you said once you stumble upon this story you can't not talk about it I know. So it's like I'm all I'm all for it. Weird, weird freshwater story. Yeah, it's freshwater adjacent. It's water. It's freshwater it's adjacent. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's briny water. So I'll um, give it a pass. <laughs> so um, Harold, uh, the American inventor. He was an American inventor and wildly successful mail order marketer. Harold, mm -hmm. born Harold Nathan Braunhunt. Um, changed his name to Harold von Braunhunt, foreshadowing, mm. um, was born in 1926 in Memphis, Tennessee. And they subsequently moved their family, mother and father, moved to New York City. Um, so on his mom's side, the, the mom's family owned a toy business and his dad's family owned a printing shop. Okay. What better way for a future mail order mail order pet marketer to be raised? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Printing and toy maker combine mail order marketing. I mean, like it yeah. literally um he grew up what he would yeah, like this what better way to grow up? Yeah. Um, it worked so out pretty as, well for him. Yep. As Harold began his professional career, he began selling products in comic books. And you think of this time, um, you know, maybe his professional career started in the 40s, 50s. Like, this is the height of mm -hmm. comic books, right? Oh, yeah. Like Absolutely. Publications. Um, <clears throat> and he had a variety of products. One of them, your classic X-ray spectacles that you could seemingly see through objects. I, I didn't say that he made, like, was the first one to make this. I mm -hmm. mean, there's got to be a lot of people who did this. Um, the next one was Crazy Crabs which were pet hermit crabs. <laughs> that, Crazy that got crabs. Back going. Crazy crabs. Uh, <laughs> but they, they were just regular hermit crabs? They're regular hermit crabs. This oh, okay. is even more than sea monkeys. This is probably my favorite invention from him. 
And uh, this was called Invisible Goldfish. And the kit would come with a bowl, uh, fish food, but no goldfish. No way. <laughs> so he literally <laughs> duped people. Or not. I mean, it was a gag gift. So it would just be a bowl. I mean, have you ever food. seen, so going around Amazon, there's two products on Amazon where one is a jar of nothing you can buy. It's, really? it's a jar. It's just an empty jar. It says jar yep. of nothing on it. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a pet rock with a USB port in the back and you plug the rock in and just nothing happens. So it's literally <laughs> just a rock with a USB port in it. So like pet rocks, I forgot who the creator was, but like that, that was a thing too. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a pet rock, but yeah. um, I think I like invisible goldfish people more than that. I, I think I mean, so like, too. I don't for know God's sake. So like Um But then after these ones, the amazing sea monkeys were born. Okay. And here's how sea monkeys came about. Cue the nineteen fifties, okay? Mm-hmm. In nineteen fifty six, just for everybody who wasn't born then, um, ant farms were all the rage in nineteen fifty six. This was popularized by Milton Levine. I think he was a popular toy person. Hmm. Um, oh yeah, I think like Milton Bradley. I think that's what it is, Milton yeah. and then Bradley, two different mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the time uh, Harold potentially could have saw this ant farm, but then Harold saw live brine shrimp in a pet store promoted for um, like aquaculture, fish aquarists, I guess aquarius, and this is live food that makes mm-hmm. you know good feed for fish. Uh, but but Harold thought better of these brine ships. He thought they these are more than just food. And he seemingly saw the success of the ant farm and thought brine shrimp could be their aquatic rival. And this is where the sea monkeys began. Okay. Um, he began working with a marine biologist, Anthony D'Agostino, to develop the product. Um in the articles that I was reading, they claim to have made an artificial breed of Artemia known as NYOS. Nice. All capitals. And um, I don't know if it's New York something something, like NY, because hmm. they were in New York. Uh... Um, but he initially branded this product as Instant Life, selling for 49 cents. And he promoted the product to be an educational kind of display about marine systems. Mm-hmm. So as you were saying... The start of sea monkeys, education, like it was all, you mm-hmm. know, well and good. But um, in 1962, Harold rebranded to sea monkeys, developed an entire backstory of these sea monkeys. And um, such is the iconic sea monkey it took off. Um, here are the steps. For those of you who haven't had this, I did sea monkeys. I did brine shrimp for a science fair project in high school. Mm. Um so there's there's three three steps in the sea monkey process the original sea monkey og um step one get room temperature water you put it in the aquarium that they send you and you add what's known as a water purifier packet that they send you Mm -hmm. you let that sit for 24 hours and it's supposed to condition the water okay Mm -hmm. step two you add a packet known as instant live eggs and stir for one minute you should be able to see these eggs or instant life so you should see baby brine shrimp immediately Hmm. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. Um, huh. Step three, as your sea monkeys grow, you feed them um, the, the food that they give you with, uh, you know, I think it's a patented sea monkey feeding spoon and scoop that you give them the sea monkey powder into the aquarium. Hmm. You do this once a week and they will be happy and live um, 
potentially in perpetuity. Hmm. So when you say he developed the backstory, is that like on the packaging? It looked like they oh, were like a little. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Here's the here's okay. So here's where the showmanship came into play. Those are those three steps. Simple enough. Mm -hmm. uh, what's interesting though is that packet number one, it contained ozone, which conditioned the water, but also contained a first round of brine shrimp eggs. Uh -huh. Let's sit for 24 hours. This would give the eggs 24 hours to hatch. The second packet contained more eggs, yes, but also contained water-soluble dye. And so that made the watercolor give it contrast. So you began to see the first round of eggs from packet one. And that uh, would, the seemingly illusion of instant life was given. Holy cow, that is so see? clever. I know. That is so clever. And for those, this this product is still like around, so you can definitely yeah. buy it. Oh, but, yeah. uh, if you didn't catch the easy three-step process, Matt, Harold wrote a 32-page instruction manual that came with each sea monkey kit uh, that talked about the everyday life of sea monkeys. Um, it touts that sea monkeys can be hypnotized and come back from the dead, among other things. Why? <laughs> why, why spend brain power on that? That's like... Makes millions of dollars, man. Just blatant misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> okay okay and then so you know 1960s is where the sea monkeys came out uh sea monkeys really took off okay they became mm -hmm. a pop icon for many people think about i like akin them to like pokemon or like what else is like these like iconic toy things that still like carry with uh like sock and boppums you remember those oh, sock and boppers or oh yeah the rock and sock and robots slinkies yo-yos mm -hmm. mm -hmm. stuff kids are still playing with today so like before technology like these these toys like everybody had them so like that's interesting i want i my uh my nephews i want to give them sea monkeys however because of the rest of the story, I'm not sure if I want I to know. give them sea monkeys. But... When you mentioned sea monkeys, I was like, oh, that would be like a really good first pet for a kid. And then there's something else that maybe we'll, I'll point out in the story where I maybe find a, a workaround that I could do. Okay. Um, but here we go. So the pop icon. With the success of sea monkeys, Harold ramped up operations. He commissioned comic book advertisements making sea monkeys resemble humans. Mm -hmm. dot 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 an early example of false advertising to children <laughs> mm -hmm. i remember that it's still it's still yeah. on some of the packaging today yeah it is yep. and uh i mean false advertising aside uh the advertising worked beautifully on harold's um and harold estimated that um, at its peak he was buying 3.2 million pages of advertising a year wow mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i remember in third grade the teacher she showed us miss frederick she's out there hi mrs frederick she she showed us a little package and she kind of walked us through all the steps and on the package was a little humanoid they look like they were like from atlantis that's made them look yeah. like like atlantean yeah. humans mm -hmm. then they hatched and we were all super disappointed we just saw these weird yeah. little yeah i don't know things yeah, I know. swimming around so yep this the the rage is spreading for sea monkeys so again sea monkeys even made their way into space when astronaut john glenn brought 40 million eggs with them that was in october 29th 1996 the eggs were hatched in space and brought back to earth nine weeks later mm. pretty cool so they did some experience with them 
Uh, they're also, you know, when something's successful, when competition becomes um, comes into play. Uh-oh. So this competing brand is known as Aqua Dragons. Ooh, mm-hmm. a little Ooh. more probably near than uh, <laughs> than sea monkeys. Yeah, uh, they too. Fun fact: were also brought into near space, not space. Oh, uh, there was a 2017 as... Kickstarter campaign <laughs> that funded a meteorological balloon in which aqua dragons were brought up. And I think it's just so aqua dragons got their time of the sun too. Like sea monkeys got to space and they're like, we want aqua dragons. So that's not, that's not nearly as impressive. <laughs> I know near space, near asterisk near space. And like, what a timely thing to talk about, giving all the balloon uh, craze going on right now. Meteorological yeah. balloons. Maybe that's so maybe all that's the... going on. Maybe they were just trying to get aqua dragons into space and it just got blown off course. Oh, gosh. So that was in 2017. A little bit farther back, though, 1992, an 11-episode television show called The Amazing Life of Sea Monkeys uh, was, was, was aired. <laughs> Not very successful. Uh, the mad professor, Howie Mandel brought to life the sea monkeys and the i, I watched the a couple clips of this stupid show um <laughs> they like they grow to human size and then just have to like go with like the nuances of the world <laughs> you know what i'm saying like, oh it was they, like a i thought this was gonna be like an educational thing like learn all about sea monkeys no. this was like oh this is supposed yeah. to be like a comedy thing that sounds terrible like the eggheads or something you know mm-hmm. um Mm-mm. It sounds awful. <laughs> the 90s were crazy, I guess. Um, and then, of course, South Park parodied sea monkeys mm. as well. Mm-hmm. They called them sea people. Mm. Sea people. Uh, and I watched that clip, too. <laughs> um, the Simpsons, Desperate Housewives, and other... Uh, they also talked about sea monkeys as well. That's how you and, really uh, know you're big, when the Simpsons or and or South Park... South Park. Make, ...make an episode about you guys. That's mm-hmm. how you know you've really made it big. And you can still buy Sea Monkeys today. The, there, there's a website for this. Uh, we'll get to a little bit more about the the business of the Sea Monkeys too. If I mean, so Aqua Dragons was I was going to point out. Like, given what you think about this backstory, maybe Aqua Dragons is the okay. the thing to buy. I don't know. Uh, maybe I need to maybe I need to Google anything. Aqua Dragons now just to be safe. And I didn't, to be honest. So hmm. maybe they're still here. Maybe they're not. I think so. I mean, with the 2017 Kickstarter, you feel like they're still yeah. around. Okay. Um, then finally, May 16th, Matt. What do you think May 16th is? Just a date. Happens every year. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Yeah. It's National Sea Monkey Day. <laughs> There's a national day for everything. Um, and f- f- for gosh sakes, I don't know who did this, but there's three steps to celebrate National Sea Monkey Day. Or service. Educate children about pet care. Sea-, sea monkeys are a great way to start, which they are. Step two, get your own sea monkeys. (laughs) Step three, share a photo of your sea monkeys. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) That's all you need to do to celebrate National Sea Monkey Day. Come on. Oh, jeez. This guy really was an advertising guru. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay, anyways. So, a little step aside from sea monkeys. Uh, In 2023, a little update for brine shrimp as the state state crustacean of utah Hmm. so utah house representative rosemary lesser sponsored a bill to make the brine shrimp the state crustacean 
the rep the representative even held meetings with the Great Lakes the the Great Salt Lake biologist Jimmy Butler. I think he might be a notable person in um, in Utah. So go Jimmy Butler. Uh, the bill was approved in the Utah House of Representatives and did reach the Senate um, at the time of this writing when I wrote this article. It didn't go through in 2022. It's on the docket for 2023. Um, kind of like an educational piece. Brine shrimp in this system are great for migrating birds. And 10 million birds annually feed on brine shrimp in this area. Mm. Uh, they can survive that salinity of 3 to 33%. Um, the Great Lakes region, so they can survive a range of salinity, but like mm -hmm. their ideal salinity, um, it's about 12 to 16%. And the Great huh? Lakes region, so the Great Lakes, it's at about 19% salinity. So it's increasing salinity a little bit. The Great Salt Lake? This, yeah. Okay. So brine shrimp can survive 3 to 33%, but that doesn't mean that that's their ideal salinity. Um, 12 to 16 is the ideal salinity for brine shrimp to to thrive. Unfortunately, the Great Salt Lake has 19% um, salinity, and it's kind of increasing over time. Mm -hmm. And this might uh, make the brine shrimp in peril for the Great Salt Lake or living in the Great Salt Lake. And this is one of the kind of the reasons for this bill is they're kind of raising awareness like, hey, uh, and as you mentioned, I believe, um, about the, the Great Salt Lakes, that, yeah, it's it's not doing as well as it did mm -hmm. and so it's something to keep an eye on mm -hmm. yeah go listen to the salt and sea episode and you'll, yes. you'll learn a thing or two about that mm. so from the sea monkeys now we go to the creator and the background with this harold von Braunhunt. okay mm. so uh we're in 1988 now uh, okay and I like to think of Harold being on the, the height of his sea monkey game. Yeah, uh, he's also in... in his like 60s at that point, too. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, he's he's an older guy at this point. Mm -hmm. um, a 1988 article from the Washington Post reported Harold having relations or ties to the Aryan nation after finding that Aryan nation's uh finding that some of his proceeds of his inventions went to the legal defenses of the group leaders. Mm. And this is a really bad one. Uh, Harold was listed as an outstanding Aryan national in their 1984 Aryan National Congress held in Hayden Lake, Ohio. Uh, um, very, very weird article. Um, I'll, let, me, let me finish this, though. So he was... Allegedly a part of the Imperial Order of the Black Eagle. No idea what that is. Uh, during the later parts of his life, he was known to dress in black and considered himself as a priest at large. And I have a priest of what? In parentheses. Uh, so so yeah. it, turning into an interesting person, I guess. Yeah, he kind of um, went off the deep end there pretty quick. Yeah. So it was reported that Harold changed his name from Harold Nathan Braunhunt to Harold von Braunhunt to make his name sound more Germanic. Germanic, not dramatic, Germanic. <laughs> and this is where this article gets weird, and I don't even know if I should point this out. I've never seen, maybe it's just how articles are written now. They've changed, but those are like really trying to set up like first he was part of the like evidence that he was part of this aerial Aryan national group mm -hmm. and then the second part and this again where it gets weird is that 
um, it, it's trying to establish that Harold grew up Jewish. And I, I think it's hmm. just trying to make that his connections to the Aryan nationals all the more troublesome. I'm going to stop there. I'm not even going to mention anymore. It's just, this yeah. is not what this podcast is about. And uh, it is notable because it happened in connection with the sea monkey guy lifestyle, but mm-hmm. it just, it, it made me feel weird. Like I was like, watch yeah. the post. What are we doing? Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You mentioned that. So there was a movie that came out. Let me Google it real quick. How, when it came out, came out in early 2000, 2001 mm-hmm. it was called the believer with Ryan Gosling. And it was, so it's about this kid who is like hardcore anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. And then you find out later in the movie that he grew up Jewish. It was another weird storyline. I had to, I had to, uh, we had to watch it in our social, social studies class in college. Um, so sociology, sociology class, but yeah, just, yeah. Anyway, weird movie, but that's just yep. kind of what it, what it reminded me of, but so yeah, it's, don't it's, mean to offend anyone. It's I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another troubling invention that Harold made though, was, uh, a self-defense weapon. It was a spring-coiled whip. It looked like a spring-coiled baton. Um, hmm. it, and it was promoted as a self-defense device, device that you can, get, you can get without a license. That was like the tagline. Oh. I was like, jeez, Harold. Um, okay. And that was brought up was that, um, yeah, some of the proceeds potentially alleged to have helped pay for the legal bills of a Aryan national leader, Richard Butler, who was accused of sedition Hmm. um i bring this up though too because this is kind of like getting to the end of the um well potentially the sea monkey business and uh this association when it was brought forward uh, affected harold's businesses plural so he had more than just the sea monkeys uh he had a keychain business called basic fun and i mean how like (laughs) like a juxtaposition of like yeah all this going on and then like these like non like just basic fun what a name you know like there's like mm-hmm. oh what just it's just just fun we're just having fun and then <laughs> i and i should point out though uh the los angeles times article there was one in 2000 where harold denies all these reports about him oh shocker um, and i right so take it or leave it if you want to find out more information i'll have this um article up with links um, it'll be for you to decide yeah. to conclude here though. There's one more little part of the story and this is the fight over the sea monkey legacy. Okay. okay. So Harold died in 2003 okay. and the sea monkey company was run by Harold's widow Yolanda. And in 2016, Yolanda became embroiled in a legal battle. Um, over the ownership of the sea monkey invention with a toy tycoon called Big Time Toys. <laughs> I just okay. love these names. Yeah. Basic fun, Big Time Toys. <laughs> it's like another one where it's like Big Time Toys. It sounds fun. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's just this crazy legal battle. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start by saying I don't know if this legal battle ever got finished. Oh, And it was hard to tell really what it was all about. Okay, so this is where I could, from my, um, the, the sources that I have, uh, legal battle. It was over copyright infringement and ownership. Yolanda licensed the part of the Sea Monkey Enterprise to Sea Big Time Toys after Harold's death. 
so there was like two things. Big time toys would supply the aquariums and the other part of the toy, okay? Mm -hmm. While the secret brine shrimp formula or these, these this breed of brine shrimp, that would be supplied by others. Mm -hmm. uh, big time toys for this um, ability to supply part of the aquarium and get those profits, they would pay 10% of the sales to Yolanda. They could buy the company with $10 million with a clause written to the contract. Uh, the article I read, there potentially was a new contract in 2009, modifying the deal slightly. They didn't say how. But in 2012, mm. Big Time Toys ceased their payments to Yolanda. It is unclear if they made the full $10 million in payments. And I don't know why they ceased the payments, but it was clear that I, you know, it seemed that Big Time do Toys, in my opinion, thought they had obligated their contract. Mm. Um, Yolanda didn't think so sued big time toys over this apparent breach of contract there is a new york times article about this uh, yolanda who's 70 years old estimated uh, was living without electricity and preparing for a harsh maryland winter uh seemingly this this yeah set, it kind of was like set the frame of like living in a giant mansion but had no money yeah um, due to legal expenses that came from this case in total um Again, it, it just seems like this lawsuit was a difference of opinion and what counted towards buying the royalties of the company. So I think Big Time Toys like, we know we own it now. Like, we've fulfilled it. So, hmm. um, and again, it's unclear if a verdict was ever reached in the case. Hmm. And yeah, so there you have it. And so an iconic pet with a creator that had a less than appearing lean background, allegedly, and a legal battle over the future of the sea monkeys, leaving the brand. Um, unknown if it keeps on going. It looks like a line that you can still buy the Sea Monkey brand under the company that Yolanda runs. Hmm. Um, I I think she owns it. Who knows? Okay, I might still... stick to I might stick to Aqua Dragons from now on. No, but I didn't look in Aqua Dragon, so there might be just this whole backstory with Aqua Dragon too. Oh no! Um, but uh, just kidding. I'm sure not. Uh, you could still partake in what was a childhood tradition for many. Aqua dragons, like we said, sea monkeys. Uh, despite its odd history, sea monkeys, and therefore brine shrimp, um, is arguably the most charismatic crustacean to date. And that's where I'm going to leave it off. A little feel good, you know? Yeah, like, there you go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that was and certainly unexpected, Riley. I know, so... right? I was just going to yeah. be like, oh, sea monkeys, they're fun. And then all of a sudden, I know. And then, like, I. Again, I don't know if like how reporting has changed. Like on the flip side, I feel like people can say just crazy stuff right now. But like yeah. on the like on the other side of things, like what an article does just to just establish yeah, somebody's heritage as well as well, I mean I, I get the um establishment of being, you know, allegedly fueling um the legal battles of a mm -hmm. Like a, a white national, but like the other part of that story, I was like, "This is this is weird." Um, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, yeah, a very. I really don't want to even go down that post. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, it's. I think it's just funny because it's such a benign and kind of feel good, niche little market. At least you mm -hmm. thought so. I know. Like you said, just oh, little sea monkeys, but. I just <laughs> like the idea that the owner just decide to start dressing in black, <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> Hey, maybe he was just a big Johnny Cash fan, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But uh, 
anyway. So apparently he made a lot of money on Sea Monkeys, though. Like, a lot of money. I bet he did. Crazy. I bet he did. That's crazy. I love it. Yeah. That's, the okay. Se- secret Sea Monkey formula. But okay. All right. Nice job, Riley. If... Is it better than PFAS and lead? I... Oh, that's it. we have to have like a ra- we have to have a ranking system somewhere for oh, how God. morbid some of your some hey, of your topics man, I didn't are. Know. Shoot. Oh no. Man, but... I like my stories, everyone. No, I like your story. They always they always bring a like a glimpse of reality with everything. You're just like, oh yeah, the world kind of sucks sometimes. <laughs> Jeez, can't have anything good. All these names of companies that are seemingly harmless, basic fun. Yeah. <laughs> big time toys but uh, if anyways. anyone wants to read more about similar stories and equally as crazy stories head on over to freshwaterperspectives.substack.com and if you have any ideas for the podcast or just want to reach out and send an email to one of us you can email us at fwperspectivespodcast at gmail.com see you later Riley see you Matt Thank you.